I, I really have removed the whole idea of good and bad. And so I, I got this tattoo of a good man on my wrist as a reminder. And it's mm. been so helpful for those moments where I feel my ego, like I want to just do yeah. X, Y, Z, or I want to say whatever. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Nirvana Mind and Body Podcast featuring yours truly, Sean McDevitt, and my hostess with the mostess, Justin Lovato. <laughs> What's going on, Justin? Hello, hello. It's been a few weeks. It has been. I wanted to let our audience know as well. Uh, Justin and I get lost in the sauce and different things. I know Justin has a really cool, exciting relationship with friend of the show, and yeah. I've been being a dad and it's crazy. I don't know about you, but the time seemed to like, I just popped my head up and I was like, it's February. I should probably connect with Justin. Yeah. I think the last time is when I just came through, checked out your crib, which was awesome. Spent the day with you. I don't think we've had a podcast since then, right? We haven't. Mm -mm. No. So yeah, I came out, saw you, met the baby. That was awesome. When also, for people listening and, and follow me and see Porter, uh, Porter did not cry when Justin picked him up. That was a big it's deal. True. It's true. I got the magic touch. Um, yeah, we got in the hot tub. We got in the cold. Your pool was freezing, which was a lot of fun. Went for a walk, smoked doobie. It was a good time. Great time. Yeah. You, time. you encouraged me to get in the water too, because uh, yeah. in the cold plunge, because I don't do that as nearly as regularly as you and Gina. So mm. It was a fun little uh, masculine ego thing where I was like, oh, I should probably go do this. <laughs> I like that. I like that I could inspire for sure. Yeah, it was good seeing you, Dela, the baby, and spend some time with you. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to uh, to jump on this pod today and and connect with you and kind of catch up. Um, what's new for you? What, what is what? Is, like you just were just telling me about how you guys are moving. Yeah, we're moving. We're staying in Georgetown, which is a northern suburb of Austin, if you're unfamiliar with the Austin area. And it's to be closer to Dela's mom and stepdad. They've been really, really helpful with parenting and taking care of Porter, our son. So if you're listening and you're thinking about having kids, <laughs> like what we were told, everyone kept saying it's a lot easier when you're living near parents or living near family. And yeah. we would definitely co-sign that so much so that we're moving within nine houses of Porter's grandparents, which, and the, dude, the perspective shifts as a parent are so huge. They're, they're insane. Like they always come at you. They're different. It, it just yeah. sort of a, a switch is flipped after you become a parent. And we thought one, yes, we'll get the help. Um, I was sharing with you before hitting record, we can get more house for less. Like it's in a neighborhood with more kids, more parks, more trails, which is dope. And we get the grandparents that Porter and his siblings get to grow up with. And I don't know about you, but if my grand, if my parent, my grandparents lived down the street, I would be over all the time. It would be such a cool mm -hmm. way to grow up. And so he gets to see his cousins all the time. Like everyone's going to be visiting, you know, his grandparents and he gets to hang out. And so we're really excited about that. And it's uh, not going to be done. The house is not going to be done until later this year. So it's been really busy for me and Dela as of late, but very excited. And it's closer to your house, which is cool. Yeah. All around. Sounds like a bunch of good green checks. You do. Um, I've shared yeah. this with so many people, like my parents and some other close friends like yourself. And I just like list all of the reasons and they're like, oh, I, I would totally do like, that's a no brainer. Like mm -hmm. we're actually moving a little bit further away from my parents. And they're like, we're sad panda that you're moving a little bit further away. But they were like, you're making an amazing decision. They're like, we're so proud of y'all. You should totally go do this. You'd be stupid if you didn't did it, didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And those are always nice, right? When you have like the support. Yeah, exactly. 
That feels good. Yeah, I'm excited to to see your new spot and build your house out because you were mentioning how you kind of can build exactly what you want. Um, you get to kind of really enjoy doing that process too. Did you guys get a chance to do that with the house you're in now or is it already kind of pre-built? I mean, the house you have in now is beautiful, but this one you actually get to like, like you mentioned, like choose the floors, choose the counter, right. the cabinets, what have you. Yeah. And very blessed and privileged position. Like it's definitely in my gratitude practice, which I want to get into more of in this podcast. And yeah, we get to choose all the stuff. We didn't get to choose the stuff for this house, but it has been very enlightening being in this house because somebody, because so whoever was building this house dropped out and it was like back a couple of years ago. And so it was a different market and we were able to swoop in and get it. And the builders were like, Hey, you got to be cool with all of the fix-ins. You can't change anything at this point. We were just like, okay, you know, but looking around and now that we're making decisions for a future home, we realize how many things these people picked. And I made the comment to Dela that it's disappointing. I like feel for the people that built this house because they definitely were really detail oriented with a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. as you maybe noticed and yeah, they didn't get to beautiful. experience it. Um, mm -hmm. But very, very grateful we get to do this and live closer to family. Epic. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Speaking of family, you, you went home for a little bit and you were telling me about it and I was like, we should talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, you know, it was um, a unique trip home. I, I originally, you know, I haven't seen my mom Oh, man, it was like over two years. It was a minute, you know? And I think I talked on previous podcasts about like the really cool healing that's happened with with me and my mom's relationship through certain work and practices. And um, we've become very close um, within just our, our texting and conversation, but we still hadn't had a chance to uh, connect in person uh, since that shift happened, since that, that healing, uh, process happened. And so this was finally, I was making time. Um, I've been so busy, but I was like, I need to make time to see my mom way more often. So I made time to go out and see her, um, this last month. And just so happens, uh, I get a phone call from one of my old high school friends and, um, one of my buddies passed away. Uh, he, he, I think around early twenties, maybe 25, 26, he got diagnosed with a tumor, um, in his brain. And, uh, they basically told him if he doesn't get surgery, he only has a few months. If he does surgery, there's a good chance. They don't know. So he, he, and he had two, two, two children at this time, married two children, young, young kids. And, um, so he decides to get the surgery. Unfortunately, with the surgery, um, it removed all of his short-term memory, which is wild. And I'm not talking like 51st dates where like you just like kind of forget and wake up and then you're kind it's of functioning reference. normal through the day. Yeah, it's, it was within a minute. Yeah. Wow. So it kind of debilitated him. So right. like, you know, you can be having a conversation with him. And then halfway through the conversation, he forgets why you guys started talking or, you know, if he ate something that morning within an hour, he wouldn't remember if he had breakfast. So, and, you know, that's kind of a big deal when you have children and you're supposed to either be watching them or picking them up or what have you. So it kind of really crippled him in, in so many words. Yeah. And, you know, he had to be looked after quite a bit and that was his, his life for the last 15 years. And, uh, he was able still to, which was really kind of neat to anything before the surgery, he was able to remember, 
So like he could play piano and he can remember like all that kind of stuff, like by, by ear, by memory, he was able to do those types of things. He was able to remember like really good memories from when he was younger and he was a kid, but any new memories just wasn't happening. Um, but it wasn't a, a very fulfilling life for him. And the tumor ended up coming back and it started shutting down parts of his body to where they were like, Hey, all right, this is the next step. So he, he lived out his last few days, um, passed away. And so his funeral just so happened to be falling on the same day that I was going to be flying in to see my mom in Ohio. So that was kind of interesting at first. I was like, yeah, I can't go. And because I really was excited to see my mom and you know, a lot of the guys that I went to high school with, uh, I'm still very close with, but I've kind of been out of that loop. Haven't been really in right. touch with them for, for quite some time. Yeah. So I was already in a space where I was like, okay, with not uh, essentially going and more so focusing on my mom, but for whatever reason, it just felt right to kind of go through, say hello to some really old friends that I haven't seen in some of them, 10 to 15 years. And these are some of my closest friends from back in school. So that was, that was interesting. So, um, the day before I was going to be flying to Rochester, New York. So I had to fly to Rochester, New York for the funeral. And then I was going to drive from Rochester, New York to Ohio. And yeah, which is like a five and a half hour drive. And then the goal was to then, you know, whenever I was done seeing my mom, drop the car off at the Ohio airport and come back to Texas. Pretty simple, five hour drive. It's okay. It's cool. So obviously there's like crazy snow too up in right. New York and Ohio during the stories too. They're very dramatically different than what we were dealing <laughs> with in Texas. Yes. Um, so I, uh, the day before, the day before I was going to be leaving, my credit card got compromised and I was like, oh fuck, like, and I only have one credit card and which is kind of funny to think about. So I have to get more credit cards. So my credit card gets compromised. Also, real quick to play the yeah. game that is our credit score and stuff. Like, I don't know how much you've dove into improving credit scores, but of course they want you to have more credit cards. And so that's a metric. And so you mm -hmm. probably have your credit score go up when you start getting amassing more credit cards. Uh, and my credit is great. It's like, it's in the 800s. It's actually, I've nice. never, yeah, it's really good. My credit's good. Steph was a big contributor to that. So thank, thank her for, you know, staying on top of those things all those years. I really appreciate it. But yeah, like, um, so like that got, got that screwed with. And I was like, crap, how am I supposed to rent a car without a credit card? And so, um, I was, I was able to use my debit card, but on, but, but they wouldn't let me for whatever reason, if I was going to use my, and I got to the airport at this time and I'm going to get the car and they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't give it to you unless you bring the car back to Rochester. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, seriously? They're like, yeah. So I had to call Sarah, my, my, uh, my operations manager and have her change my flight from flying out of Ohio to flying out of Rochester and then realized I had to then drive the car another five and hour, five and a half hours back to Rochester. And like, okay, s sitting with that was kind of interesting. And where I'm getting to, like, there was a lot of these moments throughout this trip where um, I was able to, in real time, fall into the seat of the observer. And I could see the, this, you, these three different paths um, that I can kind of go down and experience. Uh, and uh, one path was becoming frustrated with with the situation that was happening and kind of falling into the victim mentality. And I saw that and I was even able to like kind of feel it by like going down it, but not fully going down it and feeling all that type of low vibration 
and right. um, it, yeah, it didn't feel good. Knocking on your and, doorstep. You're like, oh, yeah. hello, old friend. Yeah. And then I saw exactly. And then I saw like the neutral path, which was just like kind of radical acceptance, which is great. I mean, that's a great path. Right. And then, and then I was able to see, um, the gratitude path, finding gratitude and, and all of it, you know, and, 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 you know, with that one, I was just like, oh man, I'm just so happy that one, I had Sarah to be able to like jump on this, change my flights around the fact that they even accepted my debit card. I was really happy right, about because yeah. none of the other companies actually accepted the debit card. This was the only one. And so I was able to find gratitude in that. I was really happy about that. And in fact, out of all the the different places, this was the cheapest place too for the car rental. So I was like, that's kind of neat of all the places. So I was able to find gratitude in that space. Um, you know, really enjoyed the drive actually, even though it was a snowstorm. But, you know, fast forward in this story, you know, I had to get up early, which was fine to make the drive back, to make it on time and the storm hit. And uh, I was, our plane got, my plane got delayed to where now I was missing my connecting flight at, in JFK. So when I got to JFK, I was like an hour and a half um, past my connected flight. It's late um, and there was no more flights going out. So now I'm uh, having to sleep at the airport, which was kind of funny. And, you know, I didn't, I, at first I was like, do I stay at the airport? Do I get a hotel? I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out. And they have the, like these little pods that you can actually rent at the airport and you can stay overnight waiting in line. I'm like, this is great. Actually, I'll get a good night's sleep. The lady before me, like she got the last one. I was like, okay. I was like, all right. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to go get a hotel. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I hit up Sarah. She finds a few different locations that are a little bit out of the, like a mile and a half so far out of the airport. I, uh, I get in the taxi, head over there, didn't do any research, like fucking normal. And, um, I get there and the room's booked. I go to the other one next to it, the room's books. I go to the other one, the room's book. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, okay. So I make my way back to the airport again. I'm like, ah, oh, like, I felt myself to start going in that space of being coming frustrated and be like, this is fucking wild. And I was able to like sit for a moment and be like, Justin, like, it's kind of neat that you can go back to the airport. You can probably find a nice corner to kind of sit in. You're a big, strong guy that you're fine. Like, yeah, there's no nothing one's really, no one's going to mess with you. And I, that's the first thing I thought of was like, you know, if I was a, a small woman, or, or a kid traveling without his parents at like 16, 17 years old, this could be a catastrophe for them in so many ways. And I'm perfectly okay. I'm perfectly fine. So I was able to find the gratitude in that, which really felt kind of nice. And then I was getting hungry. And of course, airport food doesn't usually fit my, my vibrational code. So I'm like, first I'm checking out places and, and hopeful. And I, and I found myself started getting into to that as well. Like, oh, I'm sorry, just fucking- I was the vibrational code. <laughs> Please tell me, like, you use this in, like, when you go to, like, if you went by the McDonald's, you know, and they're the only one open, you just tell them, like, hey, I, I really appreciate that you're open right now, but I got to let you know, your food doesn't really align with my vibration code. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it's so true, you know, when, when you start seeing everything is like vibration, you know, like, I'm looking at all of it, I'm seeing it, and I'm like, ah, this will not align with my body, and, you know vibrationally. And so I felt myself starting to get frustrated about that. And then I was like, you know what, Justin, like you fasted all day today. Fasting's really healthy and it's probably really good for you. So I was able to start finding the gratitude and the ability to look at this in a healthy way, um, in a positive way. And then for whatever reason, I, um, I felt called to go look in this one more store. It was like a like just like um, a store filled with all that usually shit food and everything like water bottles and books and what yeah, have you. It's just yeah, a convenience yeah, sure. store. 
And um, for whatever reason, I just felt inclined to go check it out. And and a big part of me was like, they're not going to have anything. They never have anything. It's just all shit. And I just so happened to walk in and I look right to my right. And there is this, this brand of beef jerky that I only get from here that I can only find from here. And it was actually in that store. And I was like, wow, that's pretty wild. And right next to it. And I've never seen glass bottles of spring water in any of these stores. It's always plastic. It's always some type of bullshit, smart water or what have you. And it was like, here are these two things that I literally buy in real time at home at these wonderful locations that you really can't find anywhere. And here's like this, this place that has, is giving these two things to me. And I really saw it as like, Hey, you handled these things really, really great this entire time that you were on this it's like trip. A re- it's like a reward. It's it like was in real time mentally. So you get the water, you get to be yeah, get the, some sustenance. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And I, and I felt that like, I felt like that's what it was. I actually was cracking up to myself because I really feel like it was rewarding me in real time for my ability to you know, stay in gratitude for these tougher times or these tougher moments, so to speak, um, and not fall into that poor me or victim mentality. And I, it really was giving me abundance in real time. And I was really amazed with that. And then not, not only that, like my whole week following was just full of abundance when it came to my work, my training, how I felt. And I, I, I know for a fact, it's directly correlated to you know, those four days where I was consistently tested, so to speak, whether it be weather, my flight, the car, my friend passing away, what have you, I was able to to find gratitude in all those moments. And, it, and I felt like it propelled me into the following week. So all of that to me means, Justin, that you just shouldn't leave Texas. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> leaving the state. Also, um, hit me up next time you get stuck at JFK. We have some good friends like around the city. I'm sure they'd put you up for the night. You know, you get oh, the- good to know. Yeah, you get the cosign. If you text me, I'll be like, bro, I got you. And they'd be like, yeah, you can crash, you know? And uh, you'd do your thing. You'd probably have like breakfast for him the next day or coffee or something. And then Deuces, like, oh, you know, welcome anytime. But do you mind if I unpack some of your experience? Yeah, please do. The big one is the perspective shifts and that there were multiple perspectives. And like you picked three, you were like, oh, there's this victim mindset that I could take throughout my journey. There's the neutral mindset of just, I'm, I'm a human. I'm just flowing. You just tell me where to go people, you know, or the third option of gratitude of like, what can I be grateful for here? Also, I know you have gratitude practice. You take care of your mental state and it's probably a little bit easier for you to just make those shifts. Correct. But mentioning because for anyone listening, this is possible. Also, I've been reading a ton of spiritual texts, not only Adyashanti bangers, but the Bhagavad Gita for a second time, the Dhammapada, which is a Buddhist text. And they talk about how there are endless perspectives to life. And you and I, Justin, have talked about the placebo effect, it's power. And so if there are endless perspectives, then just choose the one that better serves you in the moment Mm -hmm. or can allow you to exit the chat from victim mindset, allows you to exit the chat from low vibrational energy into, okay, how can I use this? Because I'm curious while you're on your journey, um, your fucking heroes, Lord of the ring style journey. Did you have that? Oh, this is happening for me, not to me mentality. Correct. I did. I did, you know, and I've been really getting into, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of my posts. I've been really getting into the hermetic principles. Everything is vibration. So that was really cool. I was, I was able to really sit in that seat and, and look at, you know, I, I really have removed the whole idea of good and bad. When it comes to my experiences, I try not to label things as good or bad, um, and and just they see 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 reality as what it is, and how can I 
how can I grow or how can I learn and how can I respond to this with love and compassion and understanding? And I notice, like when I do rise to the occasion, uh, so to speak in those moments, um, I expand obviously within myself, but, uh, as within, so without as below, so above it truly matches it. And that was like the kind of the brief, um, story of like getting the bottle of water and the, and the beef jerky, you know, is like, it was immediately reflecting my, my vibration. And it's like, Hey, here you go. Right. And I was able to like really smile at that and have a good time with it. And I noticed that, um, I can do that every single day when it comes to all things. And I can really start, um, you know, paying attention to how I respond to things to keep myself energetically vibrating as high as possible. Um, so that I can use the principles or the laws of the universe in my favor. And, and, and you know, getting a, a simple gift is like a bottle of glass water and beef jerky is something that was perfect. It was so perfect. And, and honestly, I don't think it could have been for anybody else but me. Right. Well, and it fits the, like, I could make the woo-woo argument with you that does it even exist if you're not there? Because you said those stores don't typically have glass bottles of water. Yeah. The the jerky you find at a very specific store in Austin, Texas, like what are the odds? And so I could make what the argument the that somebody else goes by that store and that's not there. Like, the, get, that, get, yep. right. Yep. And it's archetypical that that was your oasis. That's your port in the storm. And that's the whole, like you did good deeds and you were rewarded. And that's something else. Not that we're looking for this existential ethereal reward, reward life, yeah. right. To help us do the right thing. But like the Buddhist text, the Dhammapada I'm reading, they're saying like, there's, there's, there's sort of the road towards integrity. There's like the right thing to do in the moment. And we all know what that is. Like we all know when we're presented with something, we like know the, the compassionate, the empathetic, the loving way to go. And it says like, always pick that. And in Hindu and Buddhist philosophy, there is this element of karma. And what I found fascinating reading the Dhammapada and anybody listening, hit me up. I'm happy to share the link. Uh, I really like the translation that I read. They were saying, they were making the argument that in our ADHD generation, we're like, oh, I did a good work. Karma. Like, yeah. oh, I was nice to someone. Like, all right, cool. Like, when am I winning the lotto? Like, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. in the Dhammapada, which is this 5,000-year-old, 3,000-year-old text or whatever, they basically say, like, do the good things and just be patient. Like, it, it will come back around. But it may take a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 50 years yeah. or whatever for that goodness to come back around. But you just know that what you're putting in is going to come back to you. Um, yeah. and so I've been thinking about that a lot as I like, I have a tattoo on my wrist. That's a good man. And it harkens to the scene in captain America where the night before he's going to get the basically steroids to become <laughs> captain America, he's talking to the doctor and the doctor says, um, I, I didn't pick a good, he said, uh, I, I wasn't looking for a good soldier. I was looking for a good man. I wasn't looking mm -hmm. for the perfect soldier. I was looking for a good man. Cause he was like, you're about to get this power. And I need somebody who understands the little guy and isn't going to yeah. let it go to their head. And so I, I got this tattoo of a good man on my wrist as a reminder. And it's mm. been so helpful for those moments where I feel my ego, like oh, I want to just do yeah. X, Y, Z, or I want to say whatever. And then mm. I see this on my wrist. And I'm like, oh, that's like, Sean, that's, that's not the way to go. Like, okay, yeah. you know, route, route. I like a. that. And so I think you were seeing that in real time because you also said after that last week, you're like you're being tested you didn't blow up at anybody because a norm, normal quote unquote person, like they could have yelled as fuck at the rental car. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? Like my credit score is 800. Like you can't, you won't take my debit card. I'll pay cash mm -hmm. right now. What the fuck? Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then now that person goes home and like beats their kid. And that's not like, <laughs> 
you know, but I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. I'm just saying that that like person might go home and be like, this fucking sucked. Like yeah. anytime I call uh, somebody that people typically yell at, and this is for anyone listening, when you call someone and they're like, hey, good morning, this is Sean. How can I help you? I go, hey, what's up? My name's Sean. How's your day? Or yeah. like, how's your morning? And you can yeah. feel the energy where they're just like, oh, bro, it's great. Yeah. How are you? Like, oh, it's great. Yeah. So I'm hopeful you could help me with this one thing. And they're always so helpful. And yeah. so it's just a reminder, I think being kind. And then also you got rewarded that next week because you're like, I'm flowing. It's great. And mm -hmm. so I think karma sometimes on that point, we look at it as a little too immediate when it's mm -hmm. just going to take a while. Yeah. Especially in the matter world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We're working in this matter space. It's funny. It's like I, I, the way that we can again work with these this alchemization essentially is what we're we're kind of playing with. And and I was even aware of that. How I could that's that's what's so fascinating about understanding the principles, the hermetic principles, is that I've been applying them everywhere. Just in that circumstance, what you just explained, where how you're asking that person how their day is because you are already hyper aware enough that they're probably dealing most of the time with you know not great some situations bitches. yeah some bitches and i did i did, did the same thing with the person at the uh, the airport you know when that plane was late everybody was coming up everybody's like what's happening what's going on and it was this one gentleman managing four different phones handling his shit, doing his thing and you know i was next in line and i could feel i could feel the energy throughout the entire space and I was hyper aware of it. So as soon as I got up there before anything, he's like, Hey, how can I help you? And I was like, Hey, first of all, thank you. Just thank you for managing this. Like, um, I guess I'll just give him my information. Just give me what you think I should do. Like, what should I do in this situation for me? And he just looked at me and he like took a breath. He's like, Ugh. and it shifted and alchemized not, yeah, the, yeah. You're the not whole fucking room. screaming. Right. Yeah, also just to unpack that term alchemize, because it took me a while mm -hmm. to be like, what are people talking about? So for our listeners, uh, it is an old process. Like if you look up alchemy, it's turning different metals into gold, which I think is a uh, red herring to like get people off the trail because it's very materialistic. It speaks mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. our modern like, oh, the shiny objects, right? Yeah, but what true. Justin's talking about is he took a if you told anybody off the street, like, Hey, by the way, I had to drive five hours back to the airport. And then my flight, I missed that. And da, 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 da. that's a very stressful, negative perceived quote unquote experience. And here's Justin being like, Hey, what's up, bro? Like, thanks dude. I, I imagine shit's crazy. Like, yeah, like, man, these people are nuts, right? Like, cool. Is that, you know, what, what can you do for me? This is my name this is my like date of birth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that's alchemy. That's turning a perceived negative into a positive. There's Correct. myriad examples like, um, yeah, in life. And if you're listening and you take a negative and you turn it into a positive, you make somebody's day, you're alchemizing that. Um, I did the same thing over the freeze and I went to go to the grocery store and it was right before the freeze here in Texas. Everybody freaks out. It snowed a little bit and it was lit at HEB and it's like 8 AM and I, the, the girls checking, you know, checking out, not checking me out like physically, but like checking out my stuff. And maybe she's both. like, maybe both. I mean, that'd be nice, you know, suburban dad here. But anyway, I was like, 
she was just like, oh, hey, you know, sir, how's your day or whatever? And I was like, shit's bananas, huh? And you could see like, she was just like, oh my God. And I was like, how long you been here? She's like, I've been here since six. And she was like, it's been mm. like this since six. And you just have that moment. Like I, she didn't, she didn't give me a discount on groceries. She didn't give me anything, but it was just like nice to connect. And I was like, yeah, you know, how long has it been like this? She was like, it's been like this since Thursday. Like, it's crazy. Da, da, da. And I'm like, cool. Like, you, you know, be safe, like stay warm. She's like, oh yeah, I got a place to go, blah, blah, blah. But you just have more of that human connection. And I know that's something that you and Vibe vibe on that we might be missing a little bit more these days um, in life in general. I want to come back around to Hermetic Principles. What are you reading to like learn more about the Hermetic Principles? That's so much fun you asked that. So the Kabbalion, uh, the Three Initiates, it's a exactly. really great book, but it's going to be hard for a lot of people. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I, um, I think it's like my third time going through it and I'm going through it very, very slowly right now. For anybody watching on YouTube, um, it's a yeah. very thin book. I, I tried, dude, I tried reading this a few years ago and I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then Which is good it. as the, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Um, yeah. yeah like, I think when, when we really look at the principles or the laws of the universe and you realize that you can really play with these energies as an alchemist, um, you can use them to service self and you can use them to service others. And, and so it's a very powerful book and I understand why it's coded. Right. I truly do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and so, but the way that I've been able to have a lot of fun with it, there's a wonderful after school special S K O O L that, that cool animation, um, on YouTube. Wonderful. If you guys haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it after school. It is all animated drawing, um, episodes and they have wonderful philosophers like Ram Dass, Alan Watts, um, you know, Joe Dispenza, you know, all the way down to like something like Joe Rogan or Theo Vaughn even and their perspective for philosophy on life. And they kind of draw it all out to where it's very palatable and understandable uh, for people to uh, learn. And they did one on the hermetic principles, which was really fucking cool. So if you are a visual learner, um, this could be a wonderful opportunity, maybe a, a kind of a gateway into the hermetic principles. It's still a very interesting grasp even on that um and the way they explain it it could still definitely go over a lot of people's heads but what i started doing so i can articulate it in many different ways is i started using that chat that chat shit what's it called chat gpt yeah i always chat p what is it called chat gpt chat gpt yeah okay so i've been i've been playing with that but just asking it do you thank it afterwards yeah, I do actually by accident. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, man. And it's like, you're probably welcome. And I'm like, that's I, I so do it funny. on purpose. So when, <laughs> when we have robotic overlords, they're like, well, those two were thanking Those guys us. were nice. Yeah, they're cool. Um, but I've been having fun with, with asking it, you know, the kind of the, the same question, 10 different ways so that I can do a better job of articulating the principles like that. in a palatable way for many of my clients um, in, in case like the one way I explain it doesn't come through. I'm like, all right, well, think of it this way. Think of it that way. Uh, for instance, um, the other day I was like, all right, explain the, how the, give me an explanation on the third principle, which is the law of vibration or the principle of vibration and, um, broke it down. And it was this really long thing and it was w amazing. And I loved every part of it. And I was like, this is great. I'm like, well, not many people are going to understand this still. I'm like, all right, well, could you explain this as if you were speaking to a five-year-old and it broke it down in that way. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, could you do me a favor and let me know how a busy mom with children and a full-time job can apply the third principle of vibration into their everyday life? 
Dude, that's sick. Yeah. Boom. I was like, okay, cool. And then I kept doing that. And then I kept doing that and then kept doing that. And I kept breaking it down. So one, it's helping me fully, fully ingest it in a a very powerful way. And then it's giving me language in all these different categories on a a particular person, whether they're a single mom, a busy dad, you know, a person just figuring it out. Um, Now I can, I have that language in in many different ways. So I've been having a lot of fun with the app in in that way. So I was going to ask you to pick one of the hermetic principles that you felt like you could explain just for somebody listening, watching us. So is it the law of vibration or do you want to pick another one? Are you cool doing this? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with doing it, which, which interesting is that they actually all fall under. So these are all principles of one law <laughs> and it's the, yeah, it's the law of one. And, um, yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> which is kind of neat, but yeah, the vibration one's a wonderful one. And you know, that's a, that's an easy one. I think that a lot of people can grasp is everything is vibration. So the way that you can personally influence, uh, say your, your, uh, external world is mastering your internal world, your inner vibration. So something as simple as when you wake up, um, if you want to say influence your household and you have kids or a family or what have you, the best thing that you could do is create a mindful practice when you first wake up to create a good high vibration within your body through a breath work or meditation, um, cause that will raise your inner vibration. So then when you go and step into that, that household, uh, that busy room, that is your kitchen with all your kids and what have you, you are carrying a powerful inner vibration, which will greatly influence the external world that you are stepping into. Um, another thing would be, eating clean food, high vibrational foods, you know, like feeding your body, high vibrational, loving, mindful foods will raise your inner vibration, which will again, um, allow you to influence the world around you. Uh, with saying that too, you know, uh, as within, so without the law of attraction, like attracts alike. So that kind of falls into that as well. One of the, uh, the principles as well. Um, I think what that's the law of correspondence. That's the second principle. Um, and so if you kind of understand that on a very, very basic level, if you focus on raising your vibration through mindful, uh, atomic habits throughout your day, um, your outer world by law, uh, of attraction will, will match that when time and also will attract things like, um, people and, uh, like romantic relationships or job opportunities as well, which are going to match your vibration. Um, friendships, communities, and even items, items of that vibration will start attracting. So if you are really focusing on say, eating only clean, high vibrational foods for whatever reason, you might come across certain restaurants or, or, or places that are matching that and which you desire and which you are vibrating at. So it can actually create things in a sense. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I want to add more to that. And thank you, Justin. I appreciate you breaking it down. Uh, the like attracts like part the and i'm gonna have to fuck with chat gpt a little bit more how i define that to people is you and i like each other so we fuck with each other we hang out we talk mm-hmm. we text right you and gina me and dela we like each other so we teamed up if someone's listening you have a spouse you have a partner you have a best friend you guys like each other and so you hang out you do things together like attracts like you don't like stuff someone doesn't like you you're probably not doing much and mm-hmm. so it's just putting like you and ChatGPT, putting like the real world around it, right? Because some of these concepts are rather esoteric. They are rather profound. Like we were joking, it's the, the book that I showed is so thin and it took you and I years to understand what the hell was going on. Yeah. Um, do you remember Mike Posner? He was like mm-hmm. an EDM. He did that song. I took a pill in Ibiza. Because I, oh, yes, yes, I yes, yes. Cool. I know that da, song. Da, 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 da. Yeah. He's like totally 
on a, on a high vibe these days. And I don't know, like he just popped in my explore page and he's just all about like compassion, love, high vibration, like teaching. And so he has, uh, notes everywhere in his house or workspace. It's like, I love you. Like you're doing great. You're worthy. Like all this stuff. And I'm mentioning it because it's a great way to set that vibration of the day. And so if writing like a lot of my clients, I'll be like, Hey, just write something on your mirror. That's personal, but it's a hype up. And how often does that happen during the day? Like he, Mike Posner was like on a run and he was recording it and he's like, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And he's just like, Mm -hmm. other people aren't going to say this to me. So he was like, I need to do this because he was like, I bought into the whole, like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough, uh, narrative back in the day. And he was like, that's not conducive to who I want to be. So Mm -hmm. I need to take it myself. And some of the stuff that Justin and I are talking about guys, Yes, it may seem frivolous. Like I think for fitness, right? If someone's like, wait a minute, so I just track my macros and like I can get fit or like, oh, I just go lift that heavy thing. It seems frivolous or that it's not going to work. And then you start doing it and you're like, holy shit, these macros like do work. And like, oh, lifting Mm -hmm. does work, right? It's the same thing with what you're talking about, Justin, like setting the tone for the day or writing a note to yourself that's like, hey, you're doing great or I love you or you're worthy. And how Buddhist and Hindu texts describe it they describe it as in one analogy as someone who's whittling wood and you don't Mm -hmm. expect with that first strike that it's going to be done. And whatever you whittle, like you do that first slice off and the little piece of wood falls off and you're done. No, it doesn't happen like that. But it's like little by little, you know, every day, just adding a little bit more, just trying to get a little bit better. All of a sudden, then you have the little pieces of wood on the floor and you have this amazing piece that you've created over time. And so that's what Justin and I are talking about. I did want to talk about, um, well, one, uh, the, you'd mentioned the, the, the law of one. Have you heard Bashar go into like his five laws for the universe? I haven't heard Bashar, uh, specifically go into it. I'm curious though, cause he's, uh, always an interesting character. Um, when he speaks, he's an yeah. interesting alien when he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah, what he is. When you're saying vibration, he'll always be like vibration, like all that jazz. But, um, he said the first rule, first law is you exist. And he said, you exist Mm. now and you always exist. And he said that you can't not exist because non-existence doesn't exist. And so he's like, because you exist, you always exist. And yes, if you're listening, I'm talking about like reincarnation, doing this over and over. The second one is there's nothing but the here and now. The third one is what you put in, you get back. The fourth one is the, um, it said the, the, the one is the many and the many is the one. And the fifth law is everything changes constantly, but those four laws. I love that. Yeah. Well, that falls into the, the, the law of rhythm, right? That's one of the principles too. Um, there's always a, a pendulum swing. So that's one. Yeah. Do you mind if I unpack that one? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you were talking about good and bad earlier. And another great analogy or example is hot and cold. And so you have the pendulum swing going back and forth. And like, we, we often in our reality as Americans, like, oh, it's really good times. The economy's cranking. And then like, oh, pendulum swings back and everything mm-hmm. sucks and it's inflation recession. They're like, oh, it's starting to come back and goes back mm-hmm. the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing in sports. You know, you have like, oh, Lakers are doing really well. Oh, they kind of suck again. Like, oh, okay. Lakers are doing really. So my point is we see that pendulum swing in everything. We also see it in like 2016 Trump wins. And you have the MAGA, like very conservative, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And the pendulum swing, now you have like very much LBGTQ plus, you have Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's go the other way, like very liberal, like um, that whole thing. And then 
now seemingly like it's starting to shift back again. My point is we see these pendulum swings. We witness these pendulum swings in life all the time. What the Kabbalian hermetic principle talks about is affixing oneself on the side of the pendulum that you prefer and staying there. And so what that means is you no longer become slave to the swings. And so it is a challenging concept to wrap one's mind around. But for instance, in the conversation about the economy, like in one's mindset, they can affix themselves to the side of the pendulum that's always positive. And like, I'm always basking in abundance. Like no matter what happens, I'm going to be good. There's also the activities and the actions, right? So if you don't have the shiny objects, you don't, oh, times are great. I bought three Lambos and I got two houses and I bought a ton of jewelry. And then now the pendulum swinging back and like, oh, fuck, how am I going to make all these payments? You can also have actions where, and it's funny because Buddha talks about it because he tried a very ascetic, like very austere lifestyle. And he was like, that's cool, but that's not really like, you shouldn't really go all that way. And he was like, you know, somewhere in the middle. And that's his whole like middle path. And so I think as it relates to the pendulum swing, yes, in mindset and then in actions of how am I living my life to where I'm not going to be slaved when, Correct. because I know it's going to happen, the pendulum swing. Yes. Back. Yeah. The awareness of how to ride that wave, right? The ebbs and flows of the universe. Yeah. That's what's really cool is having the awareness of like, oh, when I'm in these highs, I'm going to put a little money away, right? I'll put a little money away because I know the low is coming and then I can... I can be aware of that and and not get smashed by it. I can step out of the way of that pendulum swing because I was aware enough and intelligent enough to, when it was in high, I was like, okay, I know this is going to come back through. I know that there's ebbs and flows to this and um, I can ride that quite a bit smarter. And uh, my relationship with that, with that downswing isn't necessarily bad either. What can I learn from this? How can I step into a better position for that upswing? What can allow me to do that? So again, it's like, you know, in that space, we're not necessarily alchemizing anything, but we are the alchemists and we are kind of moving with it in that space and being aware of it, which is really powerful. Yeah. I love how you said too, that it's not a good or a bad thing. Cause I could imagine someone listening. They're like, okay, cool. I fixed myself on the side of the pendulum that I like, and it's swinging up, but like, oh fuck, like I know it's going to swing the other way. And Mm -hmm. like, now I'm feeling negative and worried and fearful. No, Mm -hmm. that's not what we're saying. It's more so being like, okay, I just don't want to be slave to the swing anymore. Like I'm going to exit the chat on this. And a big one is not watching the news as I know you don't like, I'm shocked, dude. Like I, I took a huge detox from news like six months ago and I haven't jumped back in and then I'll interact with certain people. I'm like, oh shit, like you're, you're totally watching the news. And so it's a great way if you you stay away from the news, it's a great way to fix yourself. But when the pendulum swings, like Justin said, it's not necessarily a bad thing, quote unquote, because life's happening for us, not to us. And so what can we tease out that's maybe an opportunity? And simply that thought of why is this happening for me can allow us to exit the chat from anxiety, from stress, because now it's like from fear, like, oh, cool, this is happening for me. So there's got to be some positives. And it's it's like a hard workout, like with your bodybuilding career. I'm sure there were workouts back in the day. You're not as illumined as you are now. And you're like, fuck, like, why am I doing this fucking workout? Like I'm getting torn up. And then four months later, you're on stage, you're getting a trophy and you're like, oh, like that's that, there that it is. tough yeah. workout that I hated that I was crying through and wanted to like throw something that mattered that allowed me to do what I want to do now. And it's the same idea of if something that is a perceived negative happens to someone trying to take that perspective of, oh, this is going to make me better. And that's something Bashar talks about in one of his videos. And I'm happy to send it to anybody who messages me. Um, He's like, if we've proven that 
anything that happens to you is for your greatest good. He was like, you can suffer if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up, man. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Yeah, I'm always looking at it in that lens. It's really kind of cool when you are operating from that seat, right? As opposed to the victim mentality, essentially. And even the neutral space, when you really look at everything as a possible space to grow and learn and evolve and become better in, it's such a it's such a more powerful, more beautiful experience. And that comes from marriages ending, that comes from being taken advantage of, that comes from getting hurt, uh, heartache, what have you, um, you know, flights being delayed. You know, there's always these wonderful little gems in there that allow us to grow and expand in such powerful ways. And um, yeah, man, like not labeling things as good or bad has been profound for me and not resisting reality. I always felt divisiveness within myself whenever I would resist what is happening um, as opposed to being okay with it and finding gratitude within it. Yeah, the gratitude is always there. Yeah, it's always there. It's always there. And um, man, I, I lean into gratitude now automatically now, which is kind of cool. That's my new autopilot um, with some training. Um, my brain now immediately goes to gratitude whenever I feel anxious or overwhelmed. Whenever I go through a really tough moment, it's like now the new default, which is wonderful. That's my new autopilot as opposed to where most people are trained to fall into the, the autopilot is the victim mentality, the poor me, the woe is me, um, which, you know, that can be very, very, very um, hard to break free of if that's like your, your auto, autopilot program. Dude, I have, uh, you've, <laughs> I watch a lot of trash. Dayla and I watch a lot of trash TV. I'm going to lump her into this, um, <laughs> you know. Oh my God. You don't know what Vanderpump Rules is, do you? Mm -mm. All right. So it's a reality show. Uh, last year, the reality show, it's actually fascinating because it was one of the characters from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like an OG first season when that came out. And she went to the producers and she was like, so I own restaurants. And she was like, I have one restaurant where everyone's fucking and there's constant drama. I think if we turned on cameras, it would be a banger. And they were like, all right, bet. Made her an executive producer, put her in it. And that's the show. So it's like all these wow. people that were bartenders and waiters and waitresses and stuff. And they're all fucking in this drama. Justin, we're on like the 11th season, bro. And so, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so Dayla pulled me in last season, which blew numbers out of the water. Like, uh, and I'm going somewhere with this. And hopefully people listening are like, oh, I watch Vanderpump or you have something to share with your partner that watches it. Um, last year for reality television, it popped off. Like it broke records, all this stuff. Basically, um, there was a long-term couple and the guy was cheating on his long-term girlfriend of like eight years with another woman on the show. And we all as the viewer knew, but the show was running. And so like we knew it had hit the tabloids, all stuff. So we're watching like four months in the past, all of this happen. And you, you start to pick up on, and some of the other people pick up on the, the other cast members. They're like, Yo, so I, I saw I saw Tom and and Rachel like hanging out late night, like at the Abbey, but Ariana wasn't there. Like, is it, you know, and, and people are like, oh, there's no way. Like, they're such a tight couple, like you're crazy, right? And so mm -hmm. they were even coming at people that even suggested the idea that he's mm -hmm. cheating on her type of thing. So it was amazing television. It it blew up. And then of course the person's their relationship blew up. And the one guy, Tom, had been uh, basically fucking everybody's life up, not only his partner at the time, but also his best friend, all stuff, because he was lying, right? And like kind of using people to cover shit up, like, oh, no, I was at so-and-so's house, blah, 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 like all that bullshit, right? 
So now the new season's up and Dale and I have watched a couple episodes and on the victim mentality, this guy, like all of his homies are like, bro, could I get a fucking apology? Like you took advantage of me for like a year. Like I looked horrible on television. Like a lot of people's businesses, their entrepreneurial ventures like tanked because they were related mm. to this guy. Mm. And this mofo sitting there and he's like, bro, like if you only knew all the pressure I was under and like this person was treating me unfairly and all stuff. And I paused it and I looked at Dayla and I was like, victim mentality like a hundred percent like in the flesh so anybody who wants to watch a show or sees or whatever that's playing a victim it's this person that's ruined everybody's life and people around him are like bro could i just get an apology like i've known you for a decade and he's yeah. like my life is so hard like you don't know and this person this person even you came after me and whatnot and my point in sharing in addition to just like laughing about this is that is what we typically see in yeah, that's true. everyday life and so somebody watching that show who might not be as, cause I think it's a great teaching mechanism. Like if I could mm. sit my kids down, like let's watch this bullshit reality show and then let me mm. pick apart what they're doing wrong. Yeah. But most people watching it don't know. So then they yeah. see this like wildly successful person that has a personal assistant and a band and flies everyone else. And you know, it's probably a millionaire and he's just like, it's everybody else. Like I'm taking mm. no responsibility. And then they're like, that's how to do it. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to play the victim too. Like that's how I get attention. And that's not the narrative that you or me or hopefully our listeners are attaching themselves to. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully they're able to see it as you're seeing it right now. <laughs> let's, let's hope. I, I imagine that's not the case. <laughs> I imagine I, I imagine everybody's just lost in the drama and the sauce. And yeah, the, I, I imagine they're not pulling it apart. And be like, hey, you see how this person's not acting appropriately? Dude, even like... The one guy has an assistant and the assistant's like a go-between. And so there's this show afterwards called Watch What Happens Live, which is just like entertaining. And they had two people, one from the show and then Ryan Serhant, who's a really big real estate mogul. And they were like talking about the show. And then they're like, yeah, his assistant in really awkward situations, like, would you take that job? And both of them were like, yeah, in a heartbeat. Like if that was my starting out, like if I was working my way up, like a hundred percent. And it's just like interesting because the real estate mogul had just sold like fucking, you know, Bruno Mars's house. It was 130 million or something like this. And it's just like, wow. that's the paradigm that we've all agreed to in this reality where somebody that they see put themselves in that position willingly. They're like, oh, that's a great, great opportunity. Like you should totally mm -hmm. do that because that'll help you in your career. But it's so caustic. It's so toxic. Like yeah. it takes stress and fear and all that every and victim mentality every day. And I think it's obviously like a larger conversation that you and I have often of like, fuck, like this is a really dense reality. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I haven't watched, I haven't watched TV in a long time. I have one. I have one. I think I watched Gaia on it. I watched the Gaia app on it. Um, and UFC fights. I like the UFC fights. Yeah. I watch a lot of UFC fights. I, I enjoy that because I grew up wrestling, but um, I don't have any of the apps either. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once great movie okay all right cool i like movies still it's just it's still it's they're they're pretty bad movies nowadays but that was a really good one that was a great movie yeah so far highly recommend everybody yeah. listening go watch that one yeah that was a good one i dig it another another principle um that everybody should kind of look into is the the principle of, of of gender that's a really good one um because you can use the masculine feminine in all ways within your relationship to really enhance your relationship um and and transcend within your relationship and support each other um using that principle it's very very powerful knowing how to flow back and forth between the two 
um, the masculine and feminine and within your relationship and using that magic, so to speak, and in many different ways. And it's something that I have really, really started using, um, with Gina. It's been amazing. Like not just for us to connect on, on levels that I still can't comprehend and it's still growing, but also, uh, healing properties within that space and, and creativity and growth. Um, you know, not just within our relationship, but in our profession as well. Um, so definitely check out how you can use the masculine and feminine and that principle in creating a really powerful life and, and some deep healing work too. I want to get into, we post on social media about questions and I want to be conscious of time. So cool if we dive into this. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So Chaz, the homie Chaz in the Nirvana Mind and Body Group. Also real quick, I know Justin vibes on this. I didn't get a chance to say it up front. Everybody listening, Thank you for listening. And we acknowledge that you're working to become a better person on this planet. You wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't. Thank you so much. You're doing great for real. Justin and I don't know who you are if you're listening, but you're doing a great job. It's hard in these streets. Keep pushing forward. And so we really appreciate you. If you want, if you're listening to this and you are not a part of the Nirvana Mind and Body community, please check us out. Check Justin out. It's an amazing community of like-minded people. You get to have these conversations with other people. If you're in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, I promise you the community that you're searching for is in Nirvana. And Chaz, one of the homies in Nirvana, had this amazing question. Thoughts on death, dying, reincarnation, and soul traps. So thoughts on Mm -hmm. death, dying, reincarnation, and soul traps. And this kind of comes full circle because I know you had to go back for a funeral with your friend. And so what are your thoughts on death, dying, reincarnation, and soul traps? I think everybody should... um check out the book journey of the souls. And I think what destiny of souls is another same author. Um, I think it's Michael yeah, it Newton, Michael Newton. Yeah. yeah Michael Newton. Uh, check out those two books. He really breaks down this question and in, in many ways. Um, he's a hypnotherapist that basically, um, when he puts the person asleep, the soul comes through and he can ask the soul all different types of questions on soul world, spirit world, what's it like? And, um, you know, I, I, I aligned with everything that he kind of talks about in those two books. Essentially, you know, we are souls and uh, we are, earth is, is more so or less, uh, for many souls, a school, if you will, to learn how to, um, <laughs> just learn. I would say just, yeah, just, just to learn and, and you have free will to learn. And however, many times you need to come through to learn, uh, that's the case. And you have old souls, young souls, all types of different souls coming through. Um, so technically no death, right? There's no death. There's, there's the spirit world afterwards. I just want to add real quick, the education piece. It was like Justin's journey. It was like your journey through the airport and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you learned and you were like, oh, through this process, of being on this planet going through the stimulus. Like I learned that if I'm at least neutral, if not positive, loving, compassionate, even keel, they'll have the water that I drink at the airport. And so that's kind of to, cause it's hard to put your finger on it. Like, what are we learning here? Justin? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, I think the reincarnation makes a lot of sense. That way we can say we come through and we, we experience a certain life and there's certain lessons to possibly learn, certain lessons we probably didn't learn. So then when we say finish this life experience and we go back into soul slash spirit world and we can kind of reflect on our lessons here on earth, we may take another incarnation to maybe have a deeper understanding on where we maybe couldn't see or empathize on, in the way that we maybe acted or responded in certain situations. Uh, I think that's a big part of our soul work here. Um, 
And I, I do believe in soulmates, which is another, which is another topic, I guess. I, I do believe that we oftentimes have certain special relationships with souls up in soul world. And we oftentimes reincarnate with that soul to experience beautiful things and lessons with that particular soul in this space as well. Um, but he was mostly asking about like death, right? And stuff like that, death just, and- Just thoughts. I think this is just good. thoughts on it. Like yeah, thoughts it's good. death, dying, reincarnation. Yeah. Um, I want to add to, have you seen the movie Soul? Great movie. Yeah. So it's another um, one for our listeners. Pixar, Pixar movie, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Disney, Pixar. Um, check out Soul. That's what I think happens. And that it really yeah. impacts like what I personally think is going on. Um, mm -hmm. The Bhagavad Gita says that just like we would take off a coat- when getting home, that's what we do at death. We just remove the meat spaceship. The meat suit. <laughs> yes. And we go home. And then we can put on a new meat suit to have another incarnation if we so choose. Um, if anyone... So it's like, a, it's like a video game. So what I think, Justin, is uh, the more I've gotten into this is... Yeah, death is just... It's, a, it's like birth. Like, if you're listening, where were you before birth? Like, and then it was just like, mm. like, oh, you're here. Like, okay. So we could argue that coming through the womb is kind of that way station portal. Like you're, yeah. You're just going through a portal. And so mm -hmm. death is just going through another portal. Um, also don't be scared by it. Like Tibetan monks medicate, meditate, medicate. Maybe they medicate. They also meditate on death. And apparently it's like easier for them to do in the Bhagavad Gita. It talks about that at death's doorstep. Like when one is, um, near death, they said, if you can focus on me being Krishna, being God, being love, being gratitude, it's like, we'll get you a bullet train to Nirvana and to mm. like past all the suffering and all that stuff. Like if you can focus on me, right. Mm. Um, what else there was? Oh yeah. So I think personally, like I'm going to be you in another life and you're me in another life. And mm. Mm. because the whole concept is there's one creator that created this whole thing. And it's kind of like a video game. So like you and I are back in the day playing like super smash brothers. You want to play as every character. Right. You're like, oh, I'll be Pikachu this round. Like, okay, I'll be, you know, Mario this round. I'll be Donkey Kong this round. Like, I want to see what a different character is like. Or Goldeneye back in the day. Like, everybody wanted to be odd job. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to be James Bond this character. I'm going to be this character on a different game. And so I think that's kind of what's happening that there was a supreme consciousness that created everything. And it was like, I want to experience this. And it's mm -hmm. overwhelming how many different perspectives that can be experienced. Infinite. But yeah that that would be the way to do it like come back mm -hmm. as everybody and i think that also solves the riddle of you're at a party in a, in a woke city and there's two uh people that said they used to be napoleon bonaparte i think the only way that works in a past life you know it's like oh who were you in the past i was cleopatra well you got another cleopatra over in the corner the only way that works is if everybody's everybody and mm -hmm. there is that mm -hmm. thought experiment where it's like a story you know someone dies and they're talking to god basically and God's like, yeah, you want to go again at the end of the story? And the guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you're going to be everybody. So you might as well like get going. And he's like, I'm going to be everybody. And it's like, yeah, you're going to be everybody that ever existed. And then you'll be done. And, mm. and you'll experience every single different perspective. Um, mm. So that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. I, I highly recommend people checking out, especially Destiny of the Souls. Like Destiny of the Souls. They get into some really cool things like, say, I'm, I'm married. Um, and I, I pass at a very young age and my, my, my wife here on, in, on this planet, in this space is really having trouble with, um, coping or, or managing the loss of me. 
uh, I as a soul can can definitely kind of stay around for however long needed to find an opportunity to reconnect with her on a powerful level to remind her of like, hey, just remember, remember who we are and remember that you're okay and remember that I'm okay and I'll see you soon, uh, very soon. And and in this book, it, it's really quite beautiful, like because um, it's just case studies under hypnosis and and um, this certain situation actually happened in this book. And so the soul was kind of more so at the funeral or maybe at the wake at the time of, of his death. And his, his wife was really, you know, sad and he couldn't, he actually couldn't penetrate through her sadness, through her vibration, because it was so low. She was so distraught that he was having trouble connecting to her and as a soul even. And so he he had to like wait for her to find some stillness. Like, so, so he waited for her to find like a space in her room where she was sitting and kind of being still. And then so he he was looking for a place that was less dense to maybe shoot his energy, so to speak, to her so that she could become aware of maybe his presence, which was really quite beautiful. And he found a space on her, which was her her ear. And the reason why her ear was a good space is because she loved when he kissed her ears. And so he would then put all of his energy into a very, very sharp, like acute beam of energy and would target her ear and get a sensation out of her ear, which would make her think of him for a moment. And then when he would have that brief moment of entry, he would then maybe plant a picture of like his wedding ring, right? And then that image would pop up, which would make her maybe look at the drawer where she keeps his wedding ring. And then maybe he would do it again. He would tickle her ear again with his sharp energy, with his loving energy. And that would make her pause again for a moment. And then he would show another image of the ring. And that would maybe get her motivated to get up and maybe go open that, that the drawer of the ring. And then, so when she would do that, that would connect them even more. And then all of a sudden, like that's when she'd be fully open in that space. When she grabbed the ring and looked at it, it gave a moment for him to actually swoop in fully and connect with her. And then that's when she would actually feel his full presence in the room with her. And we hear about these things all the time. I actually yeah. just did that with a, a wonderful client um, a couple a week ago. Um, his, his, he lost his son to a suicide. And he, um, man, he's been suffering for three years from it. And it was really powerful, a 68-year-old man. And nice. yeah, I was really close with his son. And his daughter hit me up and told me, like, he, I think he's just having a tough time when he came in. One of the things he mentioned was like, yeah, he's like, my wife said that she had, she had that experience with the son and my two daughters. And, and he was like, I haven't had that yet. Like, and I could tell it's like, that's what he really wanted. He wanted to have that. And, um, I'm like, well, let's set the intention. Let's ask, let's ask in this space. And I'll ask as well. And bro, it, it totally happened His his nice. son, it was amazing. I mean, I wasn't aware of it, but during the session I was speaking and asking for for his, for the spirit of his son to come down and because he your father is really wanting some comfort can you comfort him in this space can you comfort him at this time and and so that's what i was trying to channel through through the session and um you know when he got up he took a moment and he went into the restroom and then i like went outside real quick and came back in and right away he's like it happened. It happened. He came down. He talked to me. He's like, I, I can't believe it. It was like this beautiful moment. And, and in that book and within these moments when we have, it's, it's like a unique knowing that kind of happens, which allows us to heal and kind of move through these powerful experiences like death or losing a son or, or a loved one in such a way. And 
uh, man, it was just kind of cool to be reading um, the destiny of souls while having it happen in real time. Um, really powerful stuff. And it's a, it's really quite beautiful once we kind of not only to believe in this kind of stuff, but understand how it actually works. Well, it's synchronistic for you too, to be reading these books and then being able to facilitate. And it's like, Oh, I wonder why that is happening. Right. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. Point is, have you heard RFK talk about this? I know we got to go here in a little bit. No, I, I, I haven't. It's, it's really, the synchronicities are quite wonderful because I think that's one of the biggest things that were not on my radar when I got into this work earlier on, um, when it came to holding space was the intentions that can be set to kind of, um, getting the assistance, so to speak, and seeking help, um, in these moments. And so that's one thing I started really doing. It was setting intentions, whether it would be communicating with the subconscious or actual souls, um, within these sessions, whether it's healing the body or, 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 you know, connecting to souls so that one can heal. Uh, ever since I started really getting into intentions before these sessions with either myself or, um, my clients, it has been huge. And that's what was coming up on my radar a lot with these books was intentions, intentions. Like when I read the emotion code, it was always like set the intentions. When I read any of these things, it was always about setting the intentions first, asking for guidance, asking for help, asking for divine, you know, energy to come through. And when I really started doing that magic is, it is, it is powerful. It is powerful. What, what really happens in these spaces when we start sending intentions with, with this stuff. Yeah, that's where the intention, the attention flows is where mm -hmm. our attention goes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, real quick, RFK talked about an ayahuasca journey that his son had. And oh, yes, I saw that. Amazing. Yeah. And so that's what I just wanted for our audience to put more, I guess, other uh, points of evidence on this. This isn't just Justin like talking mm -hmm. out of his ass. Like he's saying it like there's these. And it's really cool when you have somebody like Dr. Michael Newton, like you have somebody who's uh grasped the modern like oh i'm gonna pay attention to this person and then they hit you with like oh but let me talk about the spiritual side and you almost like listen to them more and i mm -hmm. thought rfk was another example and i thought he did a great job talking about that right of like with his challenges with sobriety is like i'm not exactly promoting that people look externally for things to solve with inside of them that said like let me just share this experience that my son mm -hmm. had with ayahuasca and he said you know it was a very troubled like we didn't really know if he was going to be okay as a child it was tough for all of us and he was kind of a latchkey kid and then he goes to south america to be with a friend and the friend does ayahuasca includes him and he talked about his experience and then he met his mom um mm -hmm. who had committed suicide and RFK said when he came back, he was a person who had never done chores, had never cleaned up his place and never taken out the trash and the dishes. And he was like, you know, how hard is it to get like a 22 year old man or boy to like, you know, start yeah. doing these things and like live a disciplined life when they weren't previously. And the only thing was he had this experience. So RFK yeah. was like, I feel like this is something we should explore more because that's such a marked shift to such a dramatic shift that these people can have. Um, and it's really happening. And it's really cool that you, Justin are facilitating that, like working with people mm -hmm. in that space. And it's cool to see others who are doing it with the right motivations, uh, make this type of an impact. Yeah. It's been really, it's been really fun. Um, you know, especially with just, again, with more awareness on what we're, what we can really do in these spaces, especially when, you know, mourning uh, a lost one, but also like, man, just again, understanding, 
how how energy works and the ability to set intentions when want to release stored stuck energy from past painful experiences um i think i think most of us most people walking around feel like they they can't heal when the truth is they can through certain modalities certain practices and intentions and then they also have the ability to um, manage energy uh, energy emotion emotion in real time moving forward so they don't end up storing it um, which which is what leads to anxiety is which leads to depression or it leads to psychosomatic behaviors and addiction and so i think a big a big part of this is learning to communicate um as the observer as the alchemist um <laughs> you know in all these different facets right whether it's whether it's like healing um uh, working with the universe in real time and and also like letting go of stored stuck energy or emotions or what have you from your own personal body uh it's been really fascinating this last year for me um diving in deeper in these in these areas yeah it's super cool man well i know you and i both got to jump um but real quick for anybody who is a first-time listener thank you and just wanted to add how's the best way to connect with you justin and connect with nirvana and then i'll go for my stuff awesome uh i think social media instagram is always a wonderful way to find myself i highly suggest um if you're into you know i guess growth self-development also just having a strong healthy supportive community check out nirvana nation um, my goal with Nirvana Nation was creating a like-minded community that had incredible, incredible amount of value um, for you guys to do some amazing work um, raising your vibration. And so um, I highly definitely check it out. 18 bucks a month. You get virtual live breathwork sessions. We do community chats, Q&As, sharing our wins, our struggles, what have you. We have wonderful coaches like Sean available. Um, so much more. A community chat board again like i think a big part of what's missing which is why sean is moving is community and um i think if we focus on creating strong healthy powerful communities that are safe for us to explore um we could do a lot of wonderful work so check out nirvana nation uh, nirvanamindbody.com and uh yeah i think that's the i think that's all i got with that very grateful to have a lot of good people in Austin too, like getting yeah. you here and then the community continuing to grow. Like, um, I know you can't make it, but going to the excision show later this month, I'm in a group chat and it's funny because there's like five numbers I didn't know. And mm. then now these people are messaging me like, Oh, I just moved. Like, it's really cool to me. I'm getting excited to meet you. Like go to the show. Um, so very that. grateful. If anyone's thinking about coming to Austin, do it. We got good, cool, cool people here. And then in yeah. addition to what Justin talked about, like you can find me in Nirvana. Um, if I'm not as active there, just poke me on Instagram at fitness shaman. Nice. Sweet, man. Good shit. Thanks yeah. for the conversation today, bro. Appreciate you, brother. You too. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend, drop the podcast a five-star rating, and be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.